Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, this is Marnie Flebrick and I welcome you to another edition of Marnie's Friends. We're having a show called Being Brave. How to Capture God's Dreams for You. And during the next hour with our guest, Kelly Johnson, you're going to discover the roles of bravery, including new ways to think about bravery, the six steps for being brave God's way, how to be brave when you don't feel brave, how to build safe and courageous communities around you, how to turn down the volume on the voice of the inner critic and turn up the volume on God's voice, how to be authentic and vulnerable in a world of comparison and competition, the secret power of doing the next thing right, and how to decide what God's job and what is God's job and what's your job as well as two ways to act brave until you feel brave. Our guest today is Kelly Johnson. Her website is Kelly IV Johnson, I-V-E-Y, Kelly IV Johnson. Com. She's an author, speaker, and life coach. She has a passion for helping people. Uh, live lives of courage, compassion, and connection. Her latest book, her first book, is called Being Brave, A 40-Day Journey to the Life God Dreams for You. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, and I'm excited to have you, and I know you've got lots of great stuff to share with us today. And congratulations on your new book. I'm excited that um, this has gone to publication, and I loved reading it. So I'm excited to share it with you guys today, too, because you're going to love Kelly, and you're going to love her book. So I think one of the things that gets kind of lost is, you know, being brave. That's not a word that we use in our everyday vocabulary. Um, We're usually talking about not worrying or not being afraid. Or How did you decide to name your book Being Brave? Well, the journey around this word brave began a number of years ago with my daughter, who is now 21, but she at the time was around eight or nine years old, and she was just having one of those days where she just was fussy and bored and frustrated and anxious and worried, and she kept kind of following me around the house, and I kept doing all those things mommies do, you know, pulling out my mommy bag of tricks to try to distract her and... and, uh, point her in a different direction or help her solve her problem. And I finally just looked at her and I said, Brooke, I don't know what to do for you. I don't know how to help you. And she looked at me and she said, Mommy, I just need you to tell me that I'm a brave soldier. And that began our journey around this idea of what it means to be named brave, what it, what it 
empowers us to do, what it empowers us to be, who it empowers us to be when someone calls us brave. And so it got me curious. We started using that word in our family and in my little community of friends, and I eventually started doing retreats around this idea of what does God's word say about being brave and what does it mean to be brave in our everyday lives. And so it led eventually to this devotional to talk about those things. Oh, so fun. And you actually have some different ways for us to think about bravery that we maybe haven't contemplated before. What are those? Well, in the book, we look at the uh, theme verses, 2 Timothy 1.7, that says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so we look at that that power, love, and self-discipline that we get from the Spirit through this BRAVE acronym, and, and that's broken down into being bold, being resilient, being authentic, being vulnerable, being engaged, and being empowered by the Spirit. And so those are the, the six um, lenses or ways, facets maybe is a better word, of, of looking at this idea of what it means to be brave. Hmm. Say them again. Bold, resilient? Bold, resilient, authentic, vulnerable, engaged, and empowered by the Spirit. So you get an extra E in there with the Holy Spirit <laughs> at the end. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so that's the, the book kind of takes you through these. The, the daily readings are pretty short. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that's going to take an hour to do every day, that's for sure. But it sets your mind in this new direction where you're kind of tackling this thought process of, you know, how, how can I move from where I am in my confidence and my faith in God to the next level? For you. you actually have six steps. And is this, is this an acronym, the six steps? Right, right. The, the acronym, okay. and, and really, again, that looking at, you know, being bold is an issue of identity. And, and we can be bold, as it tells us over and over again in Scripture, because of our identity as children of God. And so really getting clear on that as is where we start. You know, who are we and who does God say that we are? And then when you talk about resilience, it's understanding that struggle is, is part of the process, that we're not – the journey is going to, to take some ups and downs and some ins and outs that um, we, we have to be willing to get back up when we fall down again. And that resilience is about being – flexible, but also standing firm and understanding that that voice of that critic, the voices of the world that we, that can get in the way of us being brave, we need to work on turning down the volume on that and turning up the volume on God's voice. And then when we talk about being authentic and vulnerable, that's about building community. You know, can we begin to nurture love and embrace our, the real true selves that God made? And then how can we be vulnerable enough to share that in community? Because we know all through God's word that he created us for community and we're more courageous in community. And then that, that final two, the E words, are about we have to show up in our life. We have to show up in the world. We have to show up in our faith. We have to show up even when we're scared and continue to do the next right thing and move forward and trust that God is with us in that process and knowing that we're empowered all the way through that and every one of these steps by the Holy Spirit. Mm. So great. So when you think about these steps, do you have like a favorite one or maybe one that you had to camp on a long time yourself? 
you know, it's funny that, that you bring that up because it really has been something that I've talked with a number of people about lately, and that's this issue of vulnerability. You know, we, we, um, when we think about the word brave, sometimes vulnerable is not the first word that pops into your mind. And for me, that being willing to say, well, being willing to fail, being willing to try something that I'm not good at yet, being willing to be a beginner, being willing to say I don't know or I need help, and that that piece of vulnerability is sometimes, for me anyway, the hardest part about being brave. And and one of the places that I've learned a lot about that, I have been working for the last decade with a homeless shelter here in our area, a day shelter for homeless and poor individuals. And, and through the work that I've done there with, with my friends at called the Lamb Center and the Bible study that I've been leading there for a while, that that vulnerability of asking for help, that vulnerability of saying, you know, I just don't know how to fix this, I've learned so much about that and how brave that is and how hard it can be. And yet mm-hmm. how many rewards there are when we do that because it builds connection. Yeah. Well, it is definitely, it is definitely takes courage to be vulnerable. I mean, you have to be willing to... Um, have someone take advantage of that's the whole point of the word I think right 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 vulnerable you know, by definition means that we're exactly. at risk of being wounded exactly absolutely that's right. at, the, at the mercy of another person but yeah. um, one of the first things I loved about my husband when I met him was he was always the first to be vulnerable in a relationship and so I would watch him and he would go up to a stranger and pretty soon they were in a deep conversation about uh, spiritual things or about places where they were stuck in their lives, and I'd be like, how do you get there so fast? I mean, usually it takes people a while to warm up, you know? (laughs) Right, right. I watched him, and the thing was that he risked, he risked someone taking advantage of him by being the first to be vulnerable. What what it did is it allowed him to go deep fast, and it it was beautiful to watch, and, you know, I've adopted it a lot myself, too, because it's just so powerful. It is absolutely and and no, it, gives, so it, it gives it gives the other yeah and it gives the other person permission to be vulnerable. I think when we go first, it 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 really does say, hey, this is this is okay. This is okay with me if we go to this next level and we talk about things that that are really heavy or really matter. And and it it gives that other person permission to do that too. Yeah, and I think it gives them the safety to do that because. They're like, well, you've already told me something really personal about about you, so if I tell you this, I mean, if right. you go blab it out, then I'm going to go blab yours out. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it's this um, safety. It's a safety, safer place for the other person to risk. And that's what I love about God. I love, I, I love about David in the Psalms and how, you know, he was so vulnerable with God. He would just say it like he felt it. You know, I'm so mad. I wish you would just scorch him and kill him and you know, cut their heads off. And, and, and then he'd say, you know, and I know that you're God and you're going to do it however you want. But the reality is that a lot of us don't get we're kind of ashamed or embarrassed to be vulnerable with God. And, of course, this is just a critical piece to our spiritual life. Absolutely. And I think if you bring up the Psalms, we've been going through the Psalms at, at uh, the Lamb Center recently. And, and one of the things we've talked about is is the the – authenticity of sharing real live human emotion and i think david gives us such a beautiful example of that in the psalms of 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 anger and sadness and despair and hopelessness and yet 
always going back to holding on to what he believed to be true about, you know, the the one that he called my refuge, my God, my Savior, my salvation, my rock. And, and so even though he would say and really express those heavy, hard emotions, he was still able to turn back towards God in, in a real, in a way that is a great example for us. Yeah. And I, I love how much God loves it because even though David was a murderer and adulterer, he was the, the best father at times. Um, yet all through scripture, all through the Old Testament, God is always comparing everybody to him. So yeah. you'd say, you know, well, this is a pretty good king, but not as good as David. Or this is a lousy <laughs> rotten king, nothing like David. You know, he loves that vulnerability. And that's a, that's a piece that we're all kind of, you know, we all kind of hedge our bets a little bit all the way around, and this is a huge part of bravery. This is Marty Swedberg we're visiting today with Kelly Johnson of kellyivjohnson.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to be brave when you don't feel brave and how to build safe and courageous community. We'll be right back. Next speaker at womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range, some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day, so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast fun and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie and you're joining us for Being Brave, How to Capture God's Dreams for You. Welcome back, Kelly, to you as well. Let's talk next about how to be brave when you really don't feel brave. And you know, okay, I think normally people don't feel brave, right? I mean, does everybody just walk around feeling brave all the time? You know, I, what I think is funny is we think everybody else does, but we don't, right? We look at that person who is up in front of that group or that person who's climbing the rock wall or that person that's doing whatever it is that, that looks scary or feels scary to us, and we look at them and we think, well, they have something we don't have. They they have some sort of inborn, you know, they're they're fearless. They don't have the same kind of fear that we do. And we, we look at those, those folks and think, you know, there's something broken or or wrong with us and I think one of the things that when we start talking about these things and the the value of the community that we were talking about before and being vulnerable it was is we find out everybody feels scared all of us are you know moving forward with um with our our knees shaking and and our our hearts pounding Oh, yeah. And none of us are born with the super bravery gene. Uh, I was thinking about, um, I always describe it. So, have you ever done this personality test where you just ask people around the room, you know, what? who do you most relate to in Winnie the Pooh? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, Kelly, who do you most relate to in Winnie the Pooh? Like, who are you most like in Winnie the Pooh, in the whole, oh. the whole group of people there? That sounds interesting. Hmm. Probably Tigger. The 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 enthusiasm, the bouncy, the yeah, that probably uh, uh, yeah, that energy level probably. 
you know, and most people would guess that I'm Tigger, but I'm not. I really relate mostly to piglets, and I was such a little scaredy cat. And <laughs> wow! <laughs> and look at you yeah. doing what you do now. That's so cool. I know it is amazing. But I think that it's really important for us to all recognize that um, nobody's born with the super bravery gene. I mean, it just doesn't come with the package. It is something that you have to choose. And you can learn and develop kind of the muscle of that, but exactly. uh, you know, I think I, I've had to I've had to learn and develop it through so many hardships. And so many people I know that appear to be very brave um, did learn it that way too. You know, I mean, we've been through just everything from uh, fires to floods, burglaries, tornadoes. You know, I mean, just on and on the list goes. And it is so cool now to look back and see how God was there for us through every hard thing, through every trial, through every challenge. God has been faithful. And that does increase one's sense of bravery. Absolutely. It, you know, that's the, they say that it's the most often repeated uh, suggestion or command or directive in Scripture is some form of do not fear or be strong and courageous or be, stand firm or be steadfast. I mean, God knew we would need to hear those words. And every single time that, he, that, that we see that in Scripture, it all, is followed immediately by something along the lines of, for I am with you, for I will be with you, for I will never forsake you. And that idea that um, even when you're afraid, uh, I'll be there. And, and so I think part of it is, is, is acting brave, even when we don't feel brave, is understanding that, that that's, that's part of it, is we just have to step out and not wait until we're not afraid anymore. You know, Aristotle thousands of years ago said, we become braver by doing brave acts. And so sometimes I tell people, you know, you have to just do one brave thing every day. Do something that scares you every day. And and just exactly like what you said, because you're exercising your bravery muscle. And then you also find out, you know what, I didn't die. I didn't, nothing, nothing, I moved forward, did something I was scared of, and it was okay. It was okay. And God was there with me and Maybe I moved forward closer to something that I wanted to accomplish, or maybe I learned something about myself that I'll be able to use the next time. But, but you know what? I can do this, and I. So I think really sometimes it's about you know fake it till you make it. <laughs> you know, like keep doing brave <laughs> things until you feel brave. So, what are some examples of things that people do like on a in a day to practice bravery? You know, it's it's so different, right? Bravery is so different for different people, just depending on what it is that that is your hard thing. You know, I know one of the things for me when I was first embracing this practice of doing brave things, doing a brave thing every day, is I, I knew I wanted to start doing these retreats and uh, about this topic, and I wasn't sure how it was all going to work out, and I kept, you know, I kept praying about it, kept thinking about it, and finally what I realized is, is I needed to just book a retreat center. I just needed to set a date and book a retreat center, and for me that day, my one brave thing was calling somebody up on the phone, picking a date on, on and putting it on the calendar and then telling somebody I'd done it. You know, for, for someone, I had a dear friend who lost her uh, son to leukemia and, and, you know, she lost a child. I mean, the worst thing I, I think as parents that we can even conceive of. And, you know, for her, some days being brave was getting out of bed and putting on her shoes and going out into the world and and putting one foot in front of the other and so it can be such a variety you know it might be 
putting down that food that you've been saying, you know, I need to quit eating this because I need to take better care of my body. It might be signing up for an exercise class. It might be signing up for a um, a ministry at church that you said you wanted to serve in, but you you were afraid they didn't really need you or you didn't really have the skills. So I think it's it's showing up in some way in our life that, that maybe we haven't been before. Hmm. So it feels to me like it's pretty much if you were to categorize it, it'd be anything that's either out of your comfort zone or out of your normal normal sphere of doing it that takes just you know a little more effort to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, so it and I have think to be rocket science. Absolutely. And I think that that's the beauty, right, of walking with, with God and, and, and checking in with, with him and, and having the Holy Spirit be part of that process of, you know, a lot of times it, when I sit down with, with women and talk about these issues, they know if you were to say, okay, what is the one brave thing you need to do next? Almost every person in that room knows very clearly what it is that they've been holding on to, <laughs> that step that they haven't been willing okay. to take, right? You know, and mm-hmm. so I think sometimes we've been hearing that whisper in our ear, whether it be stretching ourselves mm-hmm. in, in some to do some new thing or maybe to having a really hard conversation that we've been needing to have that we, you know, really have shied away from because it's going to be hard. Um, you know, everybody I found it's generally knows, okay, that's, that's that thing that I need to do. Mm. Yeah, so listeners, if you're just engaging with us here, just pause for a moment and say, you know, Jesus, what is that thing for me? Just um, what is it that you have in my heart right now that I need to really step out and do? I need to just do this thing. I've been putting it off. I've been hiding from it. I've been calling it other names, but right now I recognize that you want me to do this thing. Give me courage to do it. You talk, Kelly, in your book about um, building safe and courageous community. So you also mentioned earlier you work in a homeless shelter. I would think that that would be one of the places in the world where someone would come in off the street to feel a little safe compared to it is how it is on the street. When you're talking about safe and courageous community, what does that look like? You know, it's funny when when you were talking about um, your husband and and what you admired about about him in terms of this issue of vulnerability. Um, you know, the thing that I always tell people: the first step is being willing to go first. Be the one in terms of creating a place where people have the opportunity to be vulnerable and to be authentic and to really show up um, as who they are. Is to be the one to go first, and that's part of you know we say we want this place that's that's both safe and courageous and when and when i talk about safe and courageous i mean that you know that you can share things and it will be um it will be held either in confidence or or that that people won't perhaps judge you or that that's that safe piece but courageous means being willing to go a little deeper or being willing to be vulnerable and and i love the example that you gave about about uh, your husband being willing to go first and that set the stage for other people to do that and then the second piece of that is to embrace messy you know so many times 
we uh, someone shares something with us that's vulnerable or they start to to really open up and we feel the need to fix it we feel the need to give advice we feel the need to say oh no no that's not no you're not whatever you know like say say someone was to say you know I'm really I'm really struggling with the way I'm interacting with my kid right now I just don't feel good about you know and so we let each we let our each other off the hook when we share something because it feels uncomfortable to hear something hard. And so that being willing to embrace the messiness is to really to be willing to listen to someone share something that's vulnerable and hard for them and to just be with them and not feel like you have to give advice or or, um, fix it for them. And then that last part, I think as believers, really the, for me, the safe and courageous community are those places where I know people are willing to pray and they're willing to pray for me and I can ask them for prayer and I'm willing to say to them, may I pray for you? You know, that those places where, you know, I talk about the the Lamb Center as, as you brought up, you know, we pray there eight times a day. You know, that's just part of the rituals of that place. It's, you know, before we open, before morning Bible study, before, you know, and that's a part of the day. And that's the that's the kind of community I aspire to on the other days of the week that I'm not there. That place <laughs> where, you know, where I can, I can uh, know that prayer is a part of it. Mm. So many of my friends, and I do this too, just in the middle of a conversation, just take it right to prayer, just pause right there. And, you know, if somebody's trying, if someone's telling you about a need in their life or a concern that they have, maybe it is something very vulnerable or sacred to them or secret to them, um, Mm -hmm. just pause and say, well, let's just talk to Jesus about it right now. And one of the things that I've learned um, over the years, uh, people call me the black hole <laughs> because <laughs> when they tell me a secret, it never goes any further. You know, it just stops with me and that's it. You know, everybody, God built us so that when you're told something, you want to tell someone. I mean, that's how God built us. That's how, that's how all Christendom has gotten the word around the world is because we want to tell people about it. Right. And so when you tell someone a secret and you expect them not to tell, that's a pretty big ask. And most people honestly aren't very good at it. Uh, they have to tell somebody. And if that person is far enough removed from you, that person feels no need to tell another person. But, but when people tell me something, I just right away go tell Jesus. That's who I tell. I mean, I've got my tell. And, and right. it's Jesus, and that feels so real to me. It is real to me. So therefore, I don't feel that need, that urge to carry on. And that's how you can get better at uh, keeping secrets as well as encouraging others to um, keep yours secretly down. Take it straight to Jesus when you're together. It relieves the anxiety of needing to tell someone because you already have. That is such a great, I am, I really, that is going to be my big takeaway today, I feel like. That is such a, a wonderful way of looking at it, realizing that, 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 as you said, that need to tell or that wanting to share something um, is, is just built in. And so if we take it to Jesus, then we know it's in a safe, safe hands. Absolutely. That's beautiful. You know what, I kind of think that's why he put it in us in the first place. <laughs> you know, and I think that's honestly why fear and worry are allowed in the world because it drives us to him. We want Absolutely. to uh, we want to reach out more when we're afraid. I mean, a child uh, can be playing, playing, playing. As soon as they're afraid, what do they do? They, they look around, where's mom, where's dad? I need some Absolutely. safety here. You know, they run Absolutely. back into the arms of their parents. And that's exactly right. what we're supposed to do when we're afraid. 
Absolutely. And you know what is so wonderful about that is that even Jesus gives us the example of being vulnerable and and wanting to not only go straight to his father when he was scared that that night when he was on his knees in Gethsemane, but also of having that community around him that he invited those three three men that he was closest to, his disciples that he was closest to to come with him and be with him and he shared with them how hard this was and how he was in such distress and he was so so full of despair and he poured out his heart to his father but he also connected with the human beings that God had put in his life and and so I think that's just such a great reminder of of how when we're scared to be going straight to the father but also to those people in our life that safe community in our life I love that story, too. And if you've ever felt betrayed by anybody in your life, that's such a great place to go for comfort because Jesus was really severely let down by his community that night. I mean, they yeah. they really let him down, and yet he was all forgiveness. And so that's where we can go, too. People are going to let us down. It isn't that once you have this safe, courageous community that everything's perfect after that and everybody will just bear you up and it'll be awesome all the time. It it won't happen like that. But the reality is that when we can, we can be there for each other. And when we can't, God is coming to bind up our wounds and to teach us how to forgive and move on and be there for them, even if they couldn't be there for us right that time. Oh, my goodness, this is so exciting. This is Marnie. We're visiting today with Kelly Johnson of kellyivyjohnson.com, talking about being brave. We're going to take a real short break here and come back and talk about how to turn down the volume on the voice of the inner critic and turn up the volume on God's voice. We'll be right back. Minutes with Marnie is my per-minute coaching service. Whenever you feel stuck, have an idea you want to run by me, need to pick my brain, or would like me to edit your one-page or media pitch, just schedule a 15 to 60-minute session using the Easy Calendar tool at Marnie.com. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I hope to connect with you one-on-one soon. Visit Marnie.com, that's M-A-R-N-I-E.com, to schedule your coaching session right now. Welcome back. I would love to visit with you. If there's anything I can help you with, see us over at Marnie.com. You can just check it out over there. Okay, let's get back at it here. We're talking about being brave, how to capture God's dreams for you. So there is this um, voice that comes inside of inside of our head. You know, and Kelly, one of the things that I don't know what you believe about this, but what I believe is um, that 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 Satan and the demons cannot actually get inside of a believer's uh, Spirit, but that the talons <laughs> can can go into the mind, and um, they can they can really affect the thinking. And so, whether this inner critic is from yourself or whether it's from a an evil presence that's by you right then or whatever, we all have experienced it. We all know what I'm talking about or what you're talking about here with this inner critic. Um, being loud and in your face and in your head and in your thoughts. Uh, Tell us something about maybe what you've learned about that. You know, one of the things that has been really powerful about gathering in in a retreat setting and talking about these issues is that one of the things I do is I have a, you know, a board, a dry erase board or some kind of pad or something, and I say, okay, what kind of things, 
does your inner critic, when I throw out that word inner critic, and like you said, we kind of have to clarify, okay, what do we mean? We're talking about that voice in our head that it's not an out loud voice, but a but that, that part of us that um, says, oh, you messed up again, or you'll never get this right, or, you know, you're too old, you're too young, you're too fat, you're too whatever, you know, you're, uh, you're an imposter, you're just a fake, um, you're going to fail again, uh, they don't really like you, all those voices. And when I ask women, okay, tell me what some of those are, every single time we have the same list of of all these kinds of things, <laughs> like some of the things I just mentioned, and and more, and um, and people are routinely surprised that they're not the only one that has those 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 think that way of thinking, and and so what we know is that, like you said, it, whether it's a combination of all the lies of. of Part, partly that come from our world and media and, and, and you know, advertisements that say it's you're never enough, you know, you always need more, you need to do more, you need to be perfect. Um, whether it comes from that or whatever, maybe even part of our own childhood, you know, voices that maybe are are come from people we've known or, or um, unhealthy situations that we've been in, whatever that is, part of the journey is understanding that every time we step out of our comfort zone, every time we start moving towards that bigger, braver, bolder life that God has, the abundant life that Jesus talks about us, that those voices are going to get louder because it's, 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 it's nice and, and familiar in our comfort zone, right? And so when we step out, we start to hear those, and, and that's normal. And I think that one of the things that I that I want people to hear is just because you're struggling, just because it's hard, just because those voices got loud, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong or that you heard God's voice incorrectly or that that wasn't really the invitation. It just means you're up to something big. You're up to something brave. And so what we need to do, of of course, is always go back to God's word. Who does God say that we are? Do we believe in God or do we believe God? Do we believe that, like I said, that what what uh, in Second Timothy one seven that we haven't been given a spirit of fear and timidity? That that is not who we are, but in the spirit of Jesus, we have a spirit of power and love and self discipline. So we connect back to those truths of God's word and begin to recognize that those voices that voice of, of, of shame and, and, um, and defeat, that that isn't of God, that that is not. Not that God doesn't sometimes, you know, redirect us or say, hey, you know, that wasn't the way you need to go or whatever, but that, that voices of shame, guilt can be from God, correction can be from God, but shame keeps us stuck, and that's not from God. So beginning to, to do those things which turn up the volume on God's voice, which is to the spiritual disciplines that we practice, where we go to the Lord in prayer and scripture, and also, again, back to that com- community where we surround ourselves with people who can name us brave and uh, call out that better self. Mm. Beautiful. I have this picture in my head right now of all these little, uh, you know, nasty enemy border patrols guarding <laughs> our lives, and they're just kind of watching all of us at once, you know, to see who's going to step out and do something unusual. Because then they got to, you know, right away the red flag goes up. Hey, they're they're doing something unusual over there. That's not in their normal thing. We got to pay attention to this. But then I was thinking about um, about how after a while, if you do it every day, 
in, in small ways, and even when you do a big one, they maybe not be so aware of what's going on. So I, I love exactly. this. <laughs> right, right, right. You start kind of wearing a path. Well, and it is. It's back to that. It's a battle. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. And it's back to that brave muscle, right? We, as we begin to do that, we, we, we chip away at it. And we also, I think we get quicker. I know for me that I, I'm on to those voices now. I recognize, whoa, 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 right. that's a, that, that, those voices haven't gone away. I just recognize them as lies faster. And I'm able to speak back to that in, in a way that is like, no, this is who God says I am. This is what God says he wants for my life. And, and so I'm, I'm not stuck as long, you know, when I have those, those moments where um, the voices get loud. <laughs> One of the it's kind of, it was kind of a depressing day for me to to realize this, but it was also very good information and it changed everything. But the day I realized that the voices weren't going to go away, they're not right. the, the temptations are not going to go away. Um, right. there, there will be seasons when they're more intense or whatever. But the reality is that that's, that's not the problem. The right. problem comes when you give into that when you say, Absolutely. "Oh yes, I agree with that. That sounds like truth to me." That's where the issue is. The issue isn't the fact that the thoughts came to your head. And I was just earlier today, I was like, you know, I'm just, these thoughts keep coming and I keep on just, they aren't relevant anymore for me. It's a healed place, but they keep coming. And eventually, you know, eventually they really do come less frequently. They really do when, when you get healing in an area and um, you see some, see some hope and direction there. I want to pause for just a moment here and talk about that guilt versus um, guilt versus conviction thing because there is a pretty big distinction there. Um, God says very clearly that there is no condemnation, no guilt or shame for those who are in Christ Jesus uh, because of what Christ did for us. He took all that guilt and shame from us. But what we have left is we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit and there's a real different feel to conviction from guilt, at least for me. Um, mm-hmm. Guilt feels like shame, like shame on you, like you shouldn't have ever done it, you know better. Whereas conviction is this, is this gentle awareness, not sometimes so gentle, sometimes in your face, awareness <laughs> that something is wrong and you have got to fix it. And God's right there to help you fix it right now. And it's such a beautiful thing when, when you get past um, owning the guilt and shame that Satan's always throwing at you. And the Bible even says that he's standing in front of God, throwing, throwing condemnations at, at God about you. Um, so uh, when you realize, no, that's just all under the blood of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross, and now when you can feel the difference between a loving father correcting you for your sake versus this guilt and shame to cripple you and to crush you, it's just such a huge difference, and it's a beautiful Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that um, and the thing that, and, and I think I'm using the word guilt as, as, as the same way that you're using the word uh, conviction, but mm-hmm. as, as opposed mm-hmm. to shame. But, but I, I'm absolutely in agreement with you that it, the, the one that keeps us stuck, that makes us feel like we're worthless and that we're not enough and that we'll never change and that, and, and that it, it's a hopeless situation, that's absolutely shame and that is not of God. And, and the one that says, um, you know what? you're you're better than that you can do better than that that's not who you are in 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 me you are you are my beloved and um you you have more within you and so 
you, we can fix that. And and you're right, that's a completely different feeling. And and um, and in those times, that can help us move forward. Th- those kinds of that loving conviction, as you said, uh, can help us move forward in a way that that shame voice just keeps us stuck. So how do we stay authentic and vulnerable when everything around us is comparison and competition and all that? How how do you get how do you get vulnerable when there are people who really literally want to take advantage of that? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's a risk, right? We know that that we're going to get our hearts broken sometimes. That that um we live in a world where when we take that risk to be vulnerable that sometimes it's going to hurt but for me i have um i believe that some of the most beautiful moments of my life some of the times when i've felt god's presence just the most deeply have been in moments of true authenticity and vulnerability with other people that that sense of connection of like we're really truly sisters and brothers and and in this together and and i think it's it's a choice that we make right that that um that if we want to have community the thing that builds community is authenticity and vulnerability and the thing that blocks community and connection is uh comparison and competition and perfectionism and and all those things that um that the world teaches and so you know part of it one of the the words that i heard one time that i thought was was really good was was realizing that we want to do our best instead of try to be the best and we want to embrace progress not perfection you know that we want to strive towards excellence not perfection so part of it is being um that person who stops the the comparison and competition and perfectionism game ourselves you know beginning to to say you know what i don't i don't want to play that game anymore cuz it's very easy to fall prey to it you know just social media you know which obviously both of us you know, we are very connected out in the world, and it can be very easy to compare our insides with other people's, you know, highlight reels. And so it can be easy to fall prey to that comparison and, and competition. And so really making a choice that connection is worth the risk is is a big part of it. Yeah, and then remember to stay balanced. Um, even right. Jesus, there's a verse that says that he didn't reveal himself to them because he knew that they were not trustworthy. So when you're with someone who you know is going to take it and use it against you, it's okay. You don't have to you don't have to Absolutely. bury your soul to everybody in the whole world. Um, but when the Holy Spirit prompts you to be vulnerable, that's where the bravery comes in. You want to walk through that door with him, allowing him to provide the protection instead of you worrying about how to protect yourself at that moment. And that's the big difference. Um, Absolutely. And go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you know that idea that um, that that we're talking about healthy boundaries and healthy vulnerability, and that really does require us be both brave, but also to to be cautious, to pay attention to um, who are those. It may not be that we're going to have you know hundreds of people in our life that that we have this kind of connection with, but we want to find those people that are those people, you know, that have, that we can have that kind of safe safe and courageous um, connection and community. Yeah, absolutely. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Kelly Johnson of kellyivyjohnson.com, author of a new book called Being Brave, A 40-Day Journey to the Life God Dreams for You. We'll be right back with the secret power that you want to find out about and how to decide what's God's job and yours and two ways to act brave. 
Until you feel brave, we'll be right back. across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and so excited to have you with us this afternoon talking about being brave. I'm loving this stuff. Kelly, thank you so much for being here and sharing with us this afternoon. Let's go ahead and talk next about a secret power that you wanted to share with us. I love superpowers. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, how do we figure out how to be brave, and, and, and many of us get stuck when we think about, um, oh, how's it all going to turn out? Well, I don't know what, what, you know, God's whole big purpose and plan for my life is. And so we get stuck with with this idea that we can't move forward because we don't know what to do. And, and so what I always tell people is the secret is to just do the next right thing, right? What is the next thing in front of you? We know we're called to show up every day and, you know, embrace hope and understand that that God is present in the in the process with us. We do the next right thing, whatever that thing is that's in front of us, and then we leave the process to God. We we allow him to work miracles and be in charge of the results. That the process, the showing up and doing the next right thing is our part of the process and really God is in charge of the results. And when we begin to trust that there is someone who can see the big picture and that the it becomes more of an adventure, right? We know that God has the whole the whole blueprint figured out, so we don't have to. And so we can just do that next thing that's in front of us. And do it well. Do it with excellence. Do it, you know, there's a place in, in um in scripture where, where David is telling Solomon you need to um to be strong and courageous and do the work. You know, and that's the work we're called to do. Show up, do the next right thing. Mm. That kind of segues into the next thought, too, which is how to decide what is God's job and what is ours. And I always say, I would have more faith if it didn't feel so irresponsible. Like, sometimes, you know, having faith is stepping out where there's no ground. I mean, you're just stepping out and there's nothing there. And you're like, well, this feels very irresponsible. I'm sure I'm going to just drop off into, you know, the abyss. So uh, right. faith, it, it does require you to take to to let God take the responsibility that He wants to do. But sometimes that's not easy to identify, which absolutely. which is His job. Absolutely, and I think that that's why we have to live in daily conversation, as you said earlier in our conversation mm-hmm. that that um, you know. God wired us so that we would need him. He wired us so that we would be drawn to relationship with him and so that we would always be turning back to him. And I think that that is, we can't live this life that I'm talking about of showing up and doing the next right thing if we're not in conversation with God about what that next right thing is. You know, and, and again, some days it's just getting out of bed and, and putting our feet on the floor and moving forward. And then we ask again, okay, God, what's the next right thing? Okay, I need to make that phone call. Okay, what's the next right thing? I need to sign up 
for that class. That's a big thing. Okay, what's the next small thing? I need to empty the dishwasher and clean up the kitchen because I can't right. live in this chaos anymore. You know, And uh, <laughs> I think that we can make it so much, or I know I can make it so much more complicated than that. You know, I want to do something of great meaning and purpose, and, and I want it to turn out like this, and I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing that God has called me to, and that I'm fulfilling my calling and, and all of that. And for me, that got me stuck for a period of time because I didn't know what that looked like. And then finally I started to believe that God was saying, okay, do this. I'll worry about the how it all turns out and how what we're going to do with this, but do this next. You know, go to this conference or, or um, you know, do this writing on your blog or, you know, the different pieces of my journey I know have been all about, okay, you know, I've got bigger and better plans for you, but I'm not going to tell you the whole thing right now. <laughs> this is you get you get to do the next right thing and trust me. <laughs> right, you get to you get to trust me, which is yep. so trustworthy and it's so hard for us to wait. It's so hard for us to trust. Uh, a few months back, um, we've been in the process of releasing everything that we own in in Warren, Minnesota, and making this move to Florida and. Uh, when I realized that um, that I would need to find work when we got down here, I, I knew I didn't want to start another business down here. And so I, I realized I needed to find work. And I just sat down with that one day and I'm like, okay, so what am I really good at? You know. So I started writing things down. And as I write each thing down, I'd be like, yeah, but I'm not really all that great at that. And I cross it off. And I go to the next thing. And I finally had a whole page. And it's full of stuff that I thought I was good at, but then when I realized that, I thought, you know, I'm more of a Jane of all trades. I'm really not an expert in any of these things. And um, so I was like, well, God, you know, then what am I supposed to do? I don't really understand. What am I good at? And he just prompted in my spirit, you know what you're really good at? You're really good at getting up in the morning and asking me what you should do today and then letting me live through you. And I thought, you know what? I know. If I could ever pick anything to be good at, that's what I want to be good at. I want to be good at Absolutely. not being good at anything. Just like starting flow through me. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's so beautiful. Comfort. And then to allow him to to use you and to use me and to use the people who are listening to this to show up every day and say, okay, God, I'm here. What's my assignment? What's next? And then be willing and I love to in your say example. yes. Yeah. I love in your example. Sometimes it's emptying the dishwasher or changing the diaper or something like that. It doesn't all have to be such a big deal. It isn't all. It's it's all the same to Jesus. It all has to get done. It's just all to be done. And so when we just are comfortable that God is orchestrating our steps, then we are able to, like you say, we get to uh, trust him and ask him what's the next step, and then do the next right thing. I love that. So you have two ways to act brave until you feel brave. What are our two ways? Ask a friend to name you brave. Find those people in your life that um, will call that out in you. And even though you don't see the ways that you already are brave, I would guess that for any person who's listening, mm-hmm. that there are people in your life who could tell you the ways that you're brave and the way you show up in the way in the world that inspires them. So find those people in your life who will name you brave, and then do it. Name, name other people brave, and and allow people to name you brave. And then what we talked about earlier, you know, fake it till you make it. 
figure out what you think brave looks like and act that way until you feel that way. And, you know, I think there's, it, it really is that it's, it's that way of changing our thinking and beginning to train ourselves to um, behave in, in ways that line up with who God says we are and who, um, who we are in him. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on that fake it till you make it a little bit, but I'm gonna give you some background. I have a friend who works with people who are trying to um, reduce in size, and she hates it, uh, Wendy Pet, and she hates it when they say lose weight. She's like, you're not losing it. If you're losing it, that means you want to go find it. No, you're releasing it. You're letting it go forever. Love and so it. when you keep saying fake it till you make it, I'm like, no, it's really faith it, faith it until you make it because. Oh, thinking it, good. thinking it is really feels a little deceptive somehow right. in its in its technal you know technicality of it. But right. what God asks us to do is is act as if. So you're absolutely right, dead on with the concept. But there there is no shame to it. There is no deception to it. There right. is nothing about it. That's wrong. It's all right to just put your faith out there as if it's already done. I just love that verse that talks about acting as if it's already done. And that yeah. is, that's what true faith is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And believing that God has already made you brave. God has already named you brave. He said that he has put within you not a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. And we know that power, that, that word in Scripture, every place it's, it's, um, it's translated from the original language is that resurrection power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that God's talking about or that Paul's talking about that God has inspired Paul to talk about to Timothy in that verse. And and so we're we're already given that. So now we have to live into it. Yeah. I remember one time being so scared. I was so scared. I was stepping out in faith and it was a big step. <laughs> have you ever seen have you ever seen Indiana Jones um and yeah. where he, he, he has to cross across that open it drops <laughs> down into nothing, you know, and then he, yes, he yes. has to get across and so he throws some rocks out in front of him, and they don't fall to the ground. And so he's like, okay, I just have to step on it. And it was true. As soon as he stepped on it, out came the bridge, you know. Um, but I remember one time being in a position like that in my life where I had to make this choice to follow God, and it was completely terrifying. And at the time, we owned the, the retail store, and one of, the, one of our staff people was also a pastor part-time, and she worked for us part-time. So I walked in and I'm just ruminating about all this and just scared, scared, scared. And I just walked in and I saw her and I said, Pastor Karen, is it true that it's not faith if you can see how it's going to be, right? It's not faith <laughs> if you can see it, right? And she goes, well, that's the whole definition. The whole definition is that faith is what you cannot see. You cannot see it yet. So you just have to go for it by faith, just believing it. And it is it is a very terrifying feeling when God's asking you to do something way out of your comfort zone or that could really be bad if it didn't turn out right. It requires so much bravery. It it my kids one time asked me what was the bravest thing I'd ever done and I know that they wanted me to say something like and this was scary flying a plane for the first time or you know, they wanted to hear something like that. Right. But when I looked back at my life those weren't the scariest times. Stepping out by faith sometimes has been the scariest. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can be, again, what was really scary for you and required the most amount of faith may have been something that would have been easy for me and vice versa. You know, we just, but God knows, God knows when we're, when we're putting ourselves out there and trusting him. And and I believe he blesses that. He does. And, you know, he would never put it in our heart if he didn't mean to carry us through it. It just, it just wouldn't be there. So just keep on going back and you can, you can put fleece out if you want. You can do whatever it takes. Um, I don't see any criticism of Gideon in the Bible for putting fleece out. That's what he needed. He needed that yeah. in order to be able to go do that crazy, insane. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, not right? Only, he not only had to have faith for himself. He had to have faith for himself. Then he had to have faith for his wife. Then he had to have yeah. faith for all his men. Then he had to have faith for all their wives. And so, I mean, he needed a lot of faith to step out and do that, that insane thing. But that was exactly what God was calling him to. And so I think, you know, when we put out peace or when we ask God for confirmation or, yeah. or we pause, pause long enough to be sure that this is Jesus, I think he's not at all opposed to that. He loves the heart that's seeking him, and he's going to honor that heart. Absolutely, yeah. No, and one of my favorite verses in, in Ephesians where it talks about that God is giving us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and that we that we can ask for that. And and I do all the time, you know, and ask for that and <laughs> yeah. ask for it and ask for it until I feel like God has answered that because I think God does answer that prayer. And um, I think the scripture is, is consistent about that, that he wants to, he's not hiding from us. He's not trying to keep secrets from us. You know, he's, he wants to lead us and guide us and, and show us the, the path to step on. But he doesn't always give us the whole big picture of how it's going to turn out. So that's right. The, the only time he, the only time he actually does that is the end of Revelation where we know we win, right? That's the only that's time right. That exactly. <laughs> that at the end we will be with him, absolutely, and that he that's, wins. That's that's We're right. on the winning Beautiful. team. Well, Kelly, this hour has flown by. What a lot of great yeah, content here! So you guys got to check out Kelly's book. Being Brave, A 40-Day Journey to the Lace God Dreams for You, and her website, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, I-V-I-V-E-Y, Johnson.com. Kelly, if people go over to KellyIvyJohnson.com, what are they going to find over there? Well, I've been blogging since 2005, so there's lots of lots and lots of posts about uh, all these kinds of things there on my blog. There's also information about my speaking ministry and the kinds of retreats that I do, the Being Brave retreat specifically that I do at churches all over the country and here locally, and also talks about my coaching ministry. I am a uh, life coach, and I meet with people one-on-one both in person and over the phone or Zoom or one of those kinds of ways, and and, and and talk about these kinds of, of things. How do we step out of our comfort zone and into the bigger, braver, bolder life that God is calling to us? So there's information about all of those things. And right now we're doing a guest series about what being brave looks like, and I've got some other people weighing in and telling their stories. So that's a lot of fun as well. Fun. Well, go join the conversation over at kellyivyjohnson.com and also be sure to pick up our book, Being Brave, 40-Day Journey to the Life God Dreams for You. Kelly, this has been so much fun. Do you, uh, you shared a couple theme verses out of the book, but do you have a theme verse for life yourself? You know, I have had different theme verses throughout my life, and the, the right now, that Second Timothy verse that I keep talking about has really been the place where I'm living and, and, um, and trusting God, and also the, uh, the verse in Ephesians that talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Those are a couple of my, couple of my favorites. 
Awesome. And mine, of course, is 2 Corinthians 9, 8 in the NIV version. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need, you may abound in every good work. I love all the support in there. <laughs> well, love Kelly, it. thanks so much. Love having you here today. Love your, love your book and uh, love what God's doing through you. Thanks, my dear. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. And thank you guys for being here. You just can't have a radio show without listeners. We're so grateful for those of you who show up live every Wednesday afternoon here at Blog Talk Radio, sending us out oftentimes into first place uh, placement with all of you who show up live. And to those of you who listen to the archives around the site, around the Internet, thank you for that. Thank you for those of you who host us as our um, as our hosts on your site, and for those of you who are just joining us to listen either live or in the archive, thank you so much. We just love having you with us, and we hope that this is making a difference in your life. Be sure to tell a friend and come back again next time for another edition of Marnie's Friends. Have a great day. Bye-bye for now. 